the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. The word there is electos, which means those picked out, those chosen. This is an Old Testament concept as well. You see this, uh, if you pay close attention, this is what, what happens once you see the concept. It's everywhere from Genesis to Revelation. You, you, you can't get away from it as much as you might want to. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry Welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we are continuing with Pastor Keith's teaching series from the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles... Please turn with us today to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. And now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that we have in Christ. We thank you for all that he is to us, all that he's done for us. And as we review some things today, and we prepare to turn a corner in our study of the book of Ephesians, Father, help us to think clearly of just how good we have it, uh, and give thanks to the God of gods, to the Lord of lords, to the King of kings, for all that he's done for us, for all that you are done, have done, are doing, will do for us, Lord. Give us grateful hearts, thankful hearts, God, that we may by our example point others to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... Today, uh, we're going to review a little bit. Uh, as many of you know, we're in a series on the book of Ephesians. The theme is unity in Christ. And that unity in Christ comes through rightly understanding, rightly handling, rightly interpreting the word of truth. Knowing what it says, knowing what it means, and living it out in a consistent, God-honoring, God-thankful way. The word of God helps us to make sense of our existence. This world makes no sense at all apart from God, apart from understanding who we are, why we're here, where we came from, and why things are the way things are. And the book of Ephesians 
is a really incredible book for that purpose. I mentioned it before. That it's, like, it's like TNT. It comes in small packages. Six short, powerful chapters that you could probably read in 45 minutes. You read it straight through. And understanding its themes helps you to understand how this world works, how your salvation works, how then shall you live. The first three chapters are Christian principles, doctrine, how we understand God, how God wants us to understand him. And the second three chapters, chapters four, five, and six, are how we apply that understanding in the outside world. And so as you go through Ephesians, you'll learn about the mystery revealed, which is the Gentiles are part of the kingdom of God. You'll talk about, you'll hear about in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, you'll see that over and over again. And you're going to see the sovereignty of God in salvation. And I'm going to double back on that. We talked a little bit about that the first week. And today we're going to talk, today's message, if you wanted to give it a title, would be entitled Election and Predestination Revisited. God does the heavy lifting. And our passage is Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. I'm going to read that right now, and then we will get into the message. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now, This is in light of that first sermon that we did where, you know, we talked about you've been picked just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. You've been perfected. God has seen to it that you are holy and blameless before him, righteous in his sight based on the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And you've been preserved, right? Having been sealed, secured by the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our heavenly inheritance until we acquire final possession of it when Christ returns or until we cross over in death. I taught on this topic at at night school a few months ago. And these concepts today of election and predestination and the sovereignty of God and our salvation can be among the most controversial in the church. People divide over this. Churches have split over these things. 
And the question is, is should they be that divisive, that confusing, that controversial, given the simplicity and the clarity of the passage that we just read? Now, as I've suggested before, all too often this degrades or decays into a discussion of Calvinism versus Arminianism, when most people don't even know what those words mean. Uh, most people have never read Calvin. Most people have never read Arminius. You know, uh, and then there's the tulip you know, that confuses people that came 50 years after Calvin's death. He wouldn't know what the tulip was. And because language, is, language changes over centuries, even the meaning of the tulip is lost on many people today. But whether you're a, you have seen yourself as a Calvinist or an Arminian or somewhere in between, one of the things that both the so-called Calvinists and Arminians completely agree on, what they totally agree on, and this will be a surprise to some of you because you always look at these two as opposing positions, what they totally agree on is that God elects and predestinates. They completely agree on that. What they differ on is the reason why. They differ on the reason why. And so let's not spend our time answering questions that neither of these two men asked. Instead, let's look at the word of God and let's consider what the word of God says about these things. And so characteristically, when people wrestle with election and predestination and the sovereignty of God and salvation and things like that, their questions uh, come down to really four basic questions. They ask a ton of questions, but if you, you can arrange these questions into four buckets. And these four that pop up characteristically, and which we'll deal with this morning, are, did God choose predestined and elect, or elect? Did he? Uh, on what basis did God do so? On what basis does God do so? Are people good enough to choose God on their own? And is God unfair? I've heard people say, well, this is what God did. It's unfair. So let's tackle question one, number one. Did, because it's not does, because it would have been done in eternity past. Did God choose, predestinate, and or elect? What does the Bible say? Well, when you look at what we just read, uh, in Ephesians chapter one, and I'll just l- jump through three through 11 here briefly. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, who has done the work of blessing us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And in verse four, even as, and some translations say, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So he chose us, right? Verse five, he predestined us. For adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. When you're adopted, you don't choose your parents, they choose you, right? According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he blessed us in the beloved. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, all things according to the counsel of his will. That seems plain enough in English. That's what he does, right? Just go. I mean, I know people like to try to find exceptions to the rule, but the exceptions actually just prove the rule, right? Um, And no matter 
And we have many fine English translations to draw from. Uh, you have the New American Standard. You know, we just read in the ESV. A New American Standard says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons. Drop down to verse 11. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the purpose of his will, the counsel of his will. For those of you who are King James fans, you go to the King James, right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Verse five, having predestined us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 11 being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how you get around that. I really don't. I just don't, you know. You don't get around it anywhere. You can't. It says what it says. What do the words say? What do the words mean? How then should we think, right? So you have all these fine English translations. And you know what? If you have a Spanish translation, you have a German translation, you have a French translation says the same thing. Then you have the Greek, of course. The Greek lays it out for you pretty clearly. You have words like chose, eklego, from which we get the word election, to choose out, to select. Or predestined, perizo, to determine beforehand, to predetermine, to predestine. Set forth, protithemi, which means to put forward publicly to present for an intended purpose, you, 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 you just can't get away from it. You just can't do that uh, as much as people would like to because of the sense of human fairness, whatever human fairness is. And these aren't isolated texts throughout the scriptures, right? I mean, we read Acts 13.48 a couple of weeks ago. And when the Gentiles heard this, the gospel, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord and as many as were appointed to eternal life, believed. The word appointed, tasso in the Greek, speaks to being appointed, being placed, being chosen. And you're the receiver of the action. You know, and these are not just the teachings of the Apostle Paul or Luke and Acts. They're the teachings, as we talked about a few weeks ago, of Jesus Christ and Jesus taught this in John 6.63 through 6.66. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. So you don't do anything to earn or to merit your salvation. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and were no longer walking with him. People don't like that idea. The, the great discourse, I am the vine and you are the branches, right? John 15, 15 through 16. Jesus says to his disciples, no longer do I call you servants for I for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you my friends. 
For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, should abide. So wherever you ask in the Father in, the Father in my name, he will give it to you. There's, just, there's no getting away from this, this concept. And again, I know, and from a human standpoint, we say, well, that's not fair. But then, of course, that's from a human standpoint, right? I mean, fair is, of course, is that no one, no one goes, goes to heaven, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That's fair. Matthew, you remember we studied in, in the Olivet Discourse, uh, Matthew 24, as we were working our way out of Daniel in the 70th week of Daniel. And in Matthew 24, 29 to 31, we read this. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in the heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. The word there is electos, which means those picked out, those chosen. This is an Old Testament concept as well. You see this, uh, if you pay close attention, this is what, what happens once you see the concept. It's everywhere from Genesis to Revelation. You, you, You can't get away from it much as you might want to. Ezekiel 36, 24 to 27. I want you to look who's doing the work here. Who's doing the action. And I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit and I will put within you And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my ordinances. God is sovereign. God initiates. God takes the action. Does God choose, predestine, or elect? Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Otherwise, where would we be? Where would I be? We'd be depending on human initiative, human righteousness, uh, the perfect gospel presentation. Somebody has to get it just right so that you can get it just right. Somebody has to convince you just so. No. Yeah, it, it doesn't work that way. Which brings us to our second question, question number two. On what basis does God choose? Why? You know, this, this is the why thing. So, you know, does he elect? Yeah, he does. And the Arminians and the Calvinists all agree on that, whatever those words mean to you. But the question is why? On what basis? How? And from Old Testament to New Testament, God's choice has nothing to do with anyone being special, with anyone being just so talented, just so gifted, just so deserving, just so standoutish. It's all about his will, what he does and according to the counsel of his will, according to his purposes. 
And you see that even in Deuteronomy with the, with the Jewish people and their election, God's chosen people. How often do we say that without even thinking about what that means? God's chosen people. Why did he choose them? Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 8 talks about that. For you are a people holy to God, holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people, for the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you are the fewest. You are the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping an oath he swore to your fathers. For the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of slavery from the, house, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Why? Not because they were special. There was nothing to commend them. And we talked about this before, and we're kind of circling back on this just to kind of help you wrap your mind and your heart around this. There was nothing about the Jewish people to commend them to God. This is where they've gotten it wrong, so down through the ages. As God's chosen people, they're special. They weren't special and became God's chosen people, just like you're not special, right? They were made special because God chose them. We see a picture of this in Ezekiel chapter 16, 1 through 14. And I read this for you before, but I, wanna, I want you to think about what you're reading here, what you're hearing, what the word of God says. And so we read in Ezekiel 16, 1 through 14. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, make known to Jerusalem her abominations and say, now listen to this, thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, your origin and your birth are of the land of the Canaanites and your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your birth, on the day you were... You were born, your cord was not cut. Normally when a baby was born, the cord was cut. They were washed, rubbed with salt, taken care of. As for your birth, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to cleanse you, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling clothes. No eye pitied you to do any of these things to you out of compassion for you, but you were cast out into the open field for you were abhorred on the day you were born." In that culture, in that day, when you wanted to get rid of a baby, you just threw them out in the field and they suffered exposure and they died or animals ate them. And that's where Israel was, right? No, I pitied you to do any of these things to you out of compassion for you, but you were cast out on the open field and you were abhorred on the day that you were born. And when I passed by you and saw you wallowing in your blood, there is a pretty picture I said to you, in your blood, live. He repeats it again. I said to you, in your blood, live. Verse 7, I made you flourish. Verse 10, I clothed you. I wrapped you. Verse 11, I adorned you. God took the initiative. Israel didn't. In fact, every chance Israel got from Genesis, uh, from Exodus to on through the time of Christ, they broke toward idolatry. There was always just a very smattering, a remnant, but generally they were rebellious idolaters. You know, the cloud by day and the pillar, the column of flame by night. Moses is gone for 40 days. They build a golden calf and they were like a dog. They returned to their vomit, right? Over and over again. And God sent 
the prophets, and finally he sent the Christ. But he chose them out. It's all of God. It's his initiative. It's his action. It's his volition. It's his power. And isn't that what we saw in our opening passage, right? Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.